1: listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Makes Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey.
2: You don't need a lot of brains in this, but investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own now time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time.
3: Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics that you need to start your investing journey. Are you joining us for the very first time? Is this the start of your investing journey? Well, before you dive into this episode with us, our feed is designed to go from the very beginning. So we strongly recommend that you scroll up and start from episode one if you're feeling brave and just want to dive in, we won't stop you. Here at GSI, we unpack all the jargon, the confusing bits, hear your investing stories with the goal of making investing less intimidating, and we want to have a good time along the way. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going?
4: I'm very good, Bryce. I'm very excited for this three-part series. We're covering everything global investing, which is a uh, well, I was going to say it's a topic close to my heart, but I'm not sure it really is it's a it's a topic that i I care deeply about I guess um, but uh, you might be able to hear uh, some crisp clean audio coming uh coming out of your headphones there, and that's actually because I am back under the blanket
3: back under the blanket, yes unfortunately uh many of us around australia are back in lockdown we're recording this on the 1st of the july so we are certainly with everyone who is in that unfortunate position of being in lockdown but look the show must go on here at equity mates and uh ren yes you're back under the blanket it's sounding very crisp
4: yeah yeah honestly, I it's it's very warm in here. So if I pass out, um, just just the show must go on, so keep going without me. <laughs>
3: easy, easy. So as you said, Ren, uh, we're continuing with our three part series on a particular topic and today is all about global. Over the next three episodes, we're going to be talking about the importance of going global with your investment. Uh, get excited about the global opportunity and not just getting stuck with uh, the opportunities here in Australia. We're going to talk about how to actually do it, how to actually you know, uh, invest uh, easily overseas and look at some of the tax implications as well and then uh, look at some of the examples of what going global actually looks like from a portfolio point of view. So three big episodes. It's never been easier to invest overseas and so hopefully by the end of these three parts we will have encouraged you to get your head out of the Australian Stock Exchange.
4: Yes. Now, before we do that, Bryce, uh, one piece of housekeeping, one very exciting piece of housekeeping. Uh, we have written a book.
3: We have written a book, Ren. This is the most exciting piece of housekeeping for the whole year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we have written a book called Get Started Investing. It really takes all of the concepts, the fundamental pieces of uh, information, interviews with 150 experts and all the lessons that we've learned over the past four or five years of doing equity mates. And we've condensed it all into a book that uh, will really give you the confidence to get started investing. So the good news is uh, that it is now available on pre-order. Um, the best way to to do that would be to head to Booktopia uh, and just search "Get Started Investing" by Equity Mates, and it'll be there. So you can now go and buy that. Buy it for your friends, your family, anyone who you think should be investing in the stock market but doesn't know where to start. Because this is the book that will make it all very clear for them. So yeah, help us out. We've put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, so yeah, Ren, let's go buy it.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, pre-orders now. Uh, the the book will actually be released on the thirty first of August. Um, but pre-orders help. Uh, if if you get a good pre-order run, uh, it sounds uh, we've been told that everything really comes together. So if you if you like you know the podcast and and the free content, um, this is the big way that you could really help us.
3: Absolutely. So let's get stuck in, shall we? Global.
4: Global. Well, uh, so I think the the key thing that uh, I think will be a message that runs through all three of these episodes is with technology these days, it's just as easy to invest in Australia as it is overseas. The you know the the process is no different. It's just that the companies are different. And so um, in this episode, we're not going to focus so much on the how, but we're going to really focus on the why. We're going to We're gonna get excited about the global investing opportunity because, you know, for our parents, our grandparents, uh, even our older brothers and sisters, uh, it wasn't this easy to invest in global shares. When we started investing, uh, you know, mid 2010s, um, it wasn't even this easy. Like technology has come a long way in a very short period of time. Um, So the question is, you know, you can do it, but but why should you do it? And that's what we're gonna really answer that in this episode
3: so let 's start with uh, let 's start at the top Ren. so you know many people listening to this this show will probably be investing in majority Australian stocks or potentially only Australian stocks on the ASX and there is um, nothing wrong with starting that way but um, this is you know what we call home country bias and home country bias is the tendency for an investor to prefer companies from their own country. And this really leads to investors putting too much of their money into stocks from their home country. And we know, as we've spoken about when we've done episodes on asset classes and portfolio construction, you really do want to be diversifying away from, from one particular region and creating a more balanced portfolio. So
4: let's stop there. Um, in terms of why the, you know, the personal finance experts and everyone are uh, Talk about diversifying away from your home country. Like, you know, some people might be listening and saying, "Sure, I invest in Australia, but I'm I'm super bullish on Australia. I think Australia's got a bright future." What What is the reason why people talk about global diversification?
3: Because if you're putting all your all of your eggs into one basket, be it Australia, you're then Really relying on, or you're you're at the the beck and call of how Australia the Australian market performs and and how only that market performs. So, for example, if Australia were to go into a recession and uh, the stock market were to to go into a bear market, if all of your your money was in the Australian stock exchange, then you only have exposure to that bear market. Whereas if you were to have some of your money in Australia, some over in America, some over in Europe, while the Australian economy might not be going so well and subsequently the the stock market here in Australia isn't going so well, over in America, over in Europe, they might be having uh, a much better time and the the, uh, economies over there would be doing a lot better. And subsequently, the share markets over there would be doing better as well. And so you're diversifying that risk by having money in different parts of the globe and not being so concentrated on one country.
4: Yeah, I, I think that's 100% right. And it, even if you take a step back and you step beyond your stock portfolio to just your total net worth, you're, you you know, if you're based in Australia or whatever country you're based in, you're Job, in some ways, is tied to the domestic economy. If you own a house, uh, it's tied to the domestic economy. And so, you know, if Australia was to go into a recession and you owned a house in Australia and you worked in Australia and all your shares were in Australia, you're very exposed to the Australian economy. Now, it's very difficult to buy a house overseas. Um, it's even more difficult to get a job overseas, but continue to live in Australia. The easiest way to globally diversify your total net wealth is in the, the assets and the stocks that you own.
3: Yeah. You can buy companies overseas from your bedroom.
4: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can buy Amazon. So, you know, there's, there's a huge pool of opportunity out there beyond just Australia. So, I, th- I think the first thing we, w- we want to mention here is the home country bias. Don't be locked in to the country that you, you're you certainly living in.
4: Well, let's, let's put some numbers to it because uh, we do have some numbers here. So, a recent survey uh, found that the average Australian investor has 67% of their money in Australian stocks, despite Australia being just 2% of the global stock market. Wow. Um, if you're over in America, now Americans have a big tendency for home country bias. Fair call. um, Yeah, there's a a lot of good companies to be biased towards over there. But the average American investor has 80% of their money in American stocks, despite the US being 40% of the global stock market. The average Canadian investor has 59% of their money in Canadian stocks, despite Canada being just 3% of the global stock market. And one more, the average Japanese investor has 55% of their money in Japanese stocks, despite Japan being just 7% of the global stock market.
3: Wow, there you go. What do you think your um your weighting is towards Australian stocks?
4: Uh, uh, probably a third, maybe?
3: I think I'd be about the same.
4: Now, it's probably important for us to pause here and just play devil's advocate because there are those uh you know in the finance industry or perhaps even listening to this show who would be yelling at us right now uh and and saying there's a reason that investors have a home country bias and the fact of the matter is if you live in a country if you uh use those products and services you know these companies better you know bryce uh Going to Woolworths every day, honestly bro you shop, you shop for groceries way too much, but <laughs> walking walking the floor, seeing like touching, seeing, feeling uh, that that business, he has a lot more information than like a Canadian investor who may want to invest in Woolworths and is just reading annual reports and stuff written online. So there, there is a case to be made that it makes sense to focus your investments in your home country. But I, I think, I think the, the real takeaway here is, first of all, this isn't an either or. This isn't a 100% global or, or 100% domestic. It's about having a mix and, and being diversified. And you know Bryce can see, love uh, Woolies and, and um, decide that that's the right investment for him. But he can also um, diversify outside of Australian stocks as well. But then I think the second reason why uh, it's important to think overseas is the businesses that we, um, you know, see, feel, and touch these days aren't all Australian businesses.
3: They're not, no. We are sitting here, well, you're sitting over in one part of Sydney and I'm in the other. We're communicating via Apple computers. Our clothes are probably made overseas somewhere, Southeast Asia, Europe. Um, You know, we've got the... Uh, You've got the Garmin on. There's, you know, plenty of uh, companies that we're using these days are not Australian, and um
4: yeah, literally, this this podcast is probably either being listened to via an American or a Swedish app. Our podcast host is Swedish. Yes, I'm drinking coffee, and I'm pretty confident the beans weren't grown in Australia. You know, you we listen to, yeah, basically, we live in a global economy, and and the products that we Know the best are often not domestically made or from domestic companies anymore.
3: Yeah, and uh, we've got a quote here from um, Tobias Bucks, who we have interviewed over on Get Started Investing. He's a portfolio manager. No, nah,
4: no, nah, over on over over on Equity. Ah, uh, sorry, over on
3: Equ- Equity Mates. Um, he's a portfolio manager of Oz Bill Investment Management. They're a small cap fund, um, one of our sort of favourite investors here in Australia. But he does really kind of say what you're talking about there Ren and I'll just lead in um with the start of his quote so he, he's really talking about the reason why you need to be thinking global and whenever we talk to, the, to Tobias he always comes to us with stocks that are listed in Sweden are listed in you know various parts of the world but it uh, just goes to show how important it is to think about uh investing globally he says to put it into context it's about your opportunity set so how many stocks do you get to pick um Pick from. The second part is what sort of companies there are. So if you look at Australia, 60% of the market is banks and materials, only 2.5% is uh, IT and technology, which we know is certainly true. The more things that you get to pick from, the higher chance you have of picking a gem. If you only get to pick from two or three stocks, you're not going to get the best in the world, and you want the best in the world also almost all businesses are global now so it doesn't matter what you do unless you're a local cement dealer but any other type of business whether it's in healthcare or it or whatever it is they operate globally so it's you know they're all in the same industry whether they're listed in sweden japan australia it doesn't matter um and that's kind of to your point ren so whilst yes i love shopping at woolworths i now have the opportunity to actually find the best retailer in the world let alone here in australia
4: Jeez, and as the retail whisperer, that that thought must get you very excited. <laughs> very excited. <laughs> and at the end of this episode, are you going to reveal what your favorite global retailer? is? Oh,
3: geez, I mean, there's way too many to think about.
4: <laughs> so look, um, that that's really home country bias. You know, we we have a tendency as investors to only invest in our uh, home country. Traditionally, that was because it was really difficult to invest overseas. So if you wanted to invest, uh, you you really just had to invest in your home country. Now, there's a global opportunity set. It's just as easy to buy an Australian stock as it is an American stock or a European stock. But the home country bias still persists. Um, there, there, some people have reasons that they're overweight their home country. But I think the important thing is to be aware... Of this phenomenon in investing and to uh, to just think about you know are you investing in Australian companies or wherever your home country is are you investing in those companies because you think they're the best possible opportunities that you have to invest in or is it just because they're on the local seven o'clock news uh, in the finance section and stuff like that mm.
3: I mean there's no doubt it takes more time and and energy to find the best retailer in the world rather than just invest in Woolworths because it's right, right in front of you. But um,
4: You say that, but, I mean, the obvious answer to that question these days is Amazon. And I reckon there's more news articles coming up on my news feeds or on Apple News or whatever uh, about Amazon than there is about Coles. True. <laughs> so, so, But you, yeah, do have like a fil- you do have a
3: filter for Coles news, though, don't you?
4: i know and, and honestly people aren't writing enough stories about coals i was a constant bugbear while i worked there
3: <laughs> nice so um before we move on uh what we're going to discuss after this ad break is how australia really measures up against the rest of the world because if we haven't convinced you by now that you need to get your head out of australia the next uh the next half of this episode certainly will but before we do we'll just take a quick break to hear from our sponsors
0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: Right, Ren. Um this has been something that is close to your heart. We've we- Often, we'll talk to you know when we've been writing this book, for example, or uh, when we're discussing episode structures and and uh, talking to brands. You'll al- you'll always mention uh, how Australia stacks up against the world and our companies here versus our counterparts overseas. And yes, and I've got to
4: have I've got a bit of a game for you uh, towards the end of this episode to really illustrate that point. Okay.
3: Okay. Well, let's start at the top to actually have a look at how Australia does really measure up in terms of our market versus the rest of the world. Um, So, to give you an idea of how we do, there are approximately uh, 630,000 stocks traded globally, which is... um, Pretty phenomenal, uh, Ren. You can you can name six hundred and twenty nine thousand of them. Um,
4: yes,
3: <laughs> that's another episode. But
4: Only by ticker code. Oh, no. Nice. A A A A A B A A C.
3: However, of those six hundred and thirty thousand, only two thousand two hundred or thereabouts are listed here in Australia. Meaning that less than one percent of total um total stocks around the world are listed here in Australia. So. An incredibly small opportunity set.
4: Yeah. Now that's in turn. Well, I mean, you think about it. Two thousand two hundred companies is still way more companies than you I could ever properly understand in my lifetime. Like, if you if you told me that there were two thousand two hundred stocks and I had to understand their business, the management, their future prospects, their competitors, uh, I. I would say that's too hard. Yeah. So the extent of the opportunity set can be overwhelming at times. And so that's where it really becomes a process of uh, filtering that number down quickly. Um, and we'll, we'll touch a little bit on that in future episodes. But but I think it, it really is just to illustrate the scale of the opportunity out there. Yeah. Um, and so that that's in terms of company numbers, but if we think about it in terms of dollars and cents as well, um, the global stock market is worth about seventy trillion US dollars. Australia's stock market is a bit over one trillion. I think it's one point three trillion US dollars. So in a in a dollars and cents um, terms, Australia's stock market is worth about two percent of the global stock market. Jeez. Nothing. Yeah. So,
3: nothing. Yet it sometimes well, can feel big, like when you're watching Alan Kohler on the seven thirty news and all he's talking about is BHP and Rio Tinto, you know, yeah, you can understand why people could get so caught up in Australia and thinking that we are the only stock market to be
4: investing well, in. Well, you you've picked you've picked two Australian companies that are global giants in their industry. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) So I feel like those two companies deservedly feel big. Uh, To give you an idea, so Australia is 2% of the global stock market uh, in terms of dollars and cents. Um, North America is 41%. So, you know, the US, Canada, Mexico, they, um, they are a big chunk of the world that that is just such a redundant comment that of course that's the case um (laughs) europe is about 20 percent uh asia is a third about 33 percent and then the rest of the world is four percent so um you know australia is two percent which seems small it is bigger than a lot of stock markets out there now this is just off the top of my head so this number could be incorrect, but I believe there's sixteen global, sixteen stock markets around the world that uh, have a trillion dollars or more in terms of like all the companies added up in terms of total market cap, and Australia is one of the sixteen. So, so we're up there, but there's there's so much out there.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. I mean, I couldn't name the sixteen, but I'm just looking at that um, waiting and. I think I'm definitely underweight uh, Asia. I think you know I don't have a lot of Japanese Japanese companies. Um, probably under underweight Europe. To be honest, I was going to say yeah, yeah. You
4: don't talk a lot about Europe. Yeah. Now that I except think that about goddamn Kentucky tour that you went on in 2011, <laughs> and you don't shut up about it.
3: <laughs> I wish I went on a Kentucky tour in 2011. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look. All right. Well. Um, the good news is that none of those markets are off limits and that's what we'll be talking about in subsequent episodes to this the the great thing about the technology these days and with a lot of brokers now competing for more customers and more markets being opened up none of those those uh, countries or, or regions are now too hard to to invest in so yeah um it's an ex, it's exciting times for us here at get started investing
4: that's it now i did i did say there would be a little bit of a game yes. um and if you've read the notes this won't be so much of a game as just do uh no, i don't do notes, <laughs> <laughs> but um you know we we said uh, i think we've said this on on the show before i mean we've pumped out a lot of shows in our time so i'm sure we've said everything before but um uh for every australian company there's a bigger global equivalent and so i pull out four industries here and i'll i'll tell you the uh the australian giant in that space like the biggest in australia and then you have a guess at who the the global one is okay Okay, so we'll start with the industry that we both worked in and is close to our hearts, our biggest supermarket. In Australia, we have Woolworths, 1,024 stores, $64 billion in revenue, valued at $48 billion. Side note, this was all before the Endeavor, hotel, uh, Endeavor Group split, so those numbers will be dated now Yep, because Woolworths and its liquor business uh, had a... Pretty clean divorce recently, mm-hmm. so. But yeah, one thousand and twenty-four supermarkets, I believe. Uh, Woolworths, biggest in Australia. Go Woolies. What do you think the world? The world's biggest is.
3: Well, without looking at notes, it would be a missed opportunity if I didn't say Walmart. Um, yeah,
4: you, you're absolutely right.
3: Uh, in terms of its actual scale, though, the only thing that I know in terms of comparison would be its rev, um, and I know that it does huge revenue numbers uh, north of half a billion dollars a year compared to Woolies' softer no, no, 60.
4: No, <laughs> no, no, half no, a Woolies trillion, does... sorry, half a yeah, trillion. Yeah, there we go, there Half we go. a trillion, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Walmart has eleven thousand and five hundred five hundred and ten stores, so 10x what Woolies has. Wow. Um you're right, half a trillion dollars in revenue US dollars, so about 720 billion dollars Australian dollars in revenue compared to 64 for Woolies. Jeez. Uh, um, and it's valued at about 600 billion dollars. Wow. Um, uh, 600 billion Australian dollars. Wow. So, uh more than 10 times Woolworths. So that's that's one example of just like how much bigger some of these global companies are now bigger doesn't necessarily mean better no in fact it often can mean slower growing and uh you know big companies sometimes have issues um but just to to talk about the scale so next one uh biggest tech company in australia it is uh your one of your favorite companies uh afterpay 7.3 million users and valued at 34 billion dollars. So after pay uh, an incredible Australian success story, millions of users pushing overseas, 34 billion dollars in value. But how does it compare to the global tech scene? Oh, biggest tech peanuts. company globally,
3: peanuts. <laughs> K- uh, biggest <laughs> tech company globally in terms of market cap. I know that there's a race. It's always a race. We've had the race to 1 trillion, and now it's the 2 trillion. I'm pretty sure Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon have hit 2 trillion. Could be wrong, but it's one of those three.
4: Yeah, it's Apple. Apple is currently 2.3 trillion USD, which is what? Wow. 2.8 trillion AUD. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but just think about the user numbers. So Apple has 1.4 billion users billion with a b like, yeah yeah well that's, that's like all of, of the world yeah that's amazing so again obviously apple is a very well-known example but it just talks to the scale of some of these companies and,
3: now, and it's is, still growing
4: well is it? <laughs> yeah slowly <laughs> It's growing a services business at a rate of knots. <laughs> yes. All
3: right. What else have we got?
4: So, biggest bank. Uh, Australia's biggest bank, Commonwealth Bank. Everyone knows it. Um, 15.9 million customers, which is a f- fair chunk of Australia when you think about it. Fifteen. P- and obviously, there might be like, you know, the, we if we have an account, and we don't actually have our business account with Commonwealth Bank, but if we had a business account, that would be another customer. So... Uh, but still, 15.9 million customers is a lot of customers. Yeah. Valued at 180, almost, 180 billion. Jeez. Um, so, pretty pretty big. Biggest company in Australia? Is that right?
3: Yeah, well, CSL's only 130B at the moment, so, um, yeah.
4: So, that's the biggest bank in Australia. Can you guess the biggest bank in the world?
3: Yeah. <sighs> Uh, I know this is probably going to – I'm going to come unstuck on this one. I know the biggest bank by market cap is, in America, JP Morgan, but – so I'm going to go with that. Lock it in.
4: Okay. Well, you may have stumped me because I have the biggest bank as the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, which is publicly traded. Oh, nice. Um, 650 million customers and valued at about four... When I wrote this, 380 billion Australian dollars. Wow. But you might have got me with JP Morgan. I actually think you do... Definitely have me with JP Morgan. Yeah, you do. So, you know what? You've beaten the game. No prizes, <laughs> the no game. prizes awarded though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 650 million customers for the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China. That'll be more customers than yeah, JP Morgan. Yeah, that would Morgan. definitely
3: be more customers because the yeah. popular, yeah, by far.
4: Yeah. So again, just the scale that we're talking about here. Last one, a little bit of an obscure category. Uh, biggest hospital operator in Australia. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now, <laughs> not a sector we've spoken a lot about, I must say. Um but you know what? That's that's okay. That's the, uh, yeah. Ramsey Ramsey Healthcare, I believe, is the biggest. It's valued at about fourteen billion dollars, so not small at all. Uh, it's got seventy two hospitals and sites of care. Okay. Now, this is this is a this is a very tough question for you. What's the What's the biggest hospital operator in the world? Jeez, I'm
3: glad this isn't the million dollar question. Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. I couldn't even name another hospital operator.
4: Oh, surely you could.
3: Nah, not well, Ramsey Healthcare. Um nah. What are they?
4: The Australian government? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> private.
2: <laughs>
4: um, what did primary healthcare turn itself into? Helios. Helios, yeah. I, Helios. I think they sold off a lot of their like day hospitals and stuff like that. Anyway, um, I d- I, yeah.
3: Who's the biggest? Th-
4: <laughs> that's not the point of this episode. <laughs> I believe the biggest is HCA Healthcare. Okay. Uh, list, listed in the US, uh, ticker HCA creatively. Uh, to over 2,000 hospitals and valued at uh 70 billion us dollars
3: wow wow Wow! Wow! well yeah. there you go so nice game there ren um i think really <laughs> <laughs> i think really is what it's shown is whilst there are still great opportunities here in australia woolworth's afterpay commonwealth ramsay um you know plenty of big companies in their own right there are certainly much much bigger companies overseas um, so we as investors have the opportunity to own some of the you know the best companies in the world we're not limited to uh, just the ASX that small 2% of the total share market uh, value around the world so we can invest globally now and it's it's i guess it's really the message is to stop thinking that Woolworths is the biggest retailer when you've got the likes of Amazon and, and Walmart uh, are doing their thing overseas as well. So think global.
4: Now, um, we ha- we haven't spoken about the how yet and that's to leave you guys on tender hooks for a week and get you to tune in next week. <laughs> um, but over the next two episodes, uh, we're going to talk about how to go global. And the good news is... Um, there are ways to go global by investing in the Australian stock market. And that might sound confusing, but it won't after you've listened to the next two episodes. Or it's just as easy to actually invest directly in overseas markets. So over the next two episodes, we're going to talk about the how you do it all. um, So you really understand what your options are as an investor in the pretty phenomenal time that we're living in where everything's really just a click of a button away.
3: Absolutely. We're looking forward to getting stuck into the how. Just a quick reminder to everyone though that we would really appreciate your support if you could go out there and pre-order Get Started Investing. It's available on Booktopia at the moment for pre-order. You can be one of the first to get it when it launches here in Australia. So uh, head over to Booktopia, Get Started Investing. We would love your support uh, to get this to the number one book uh here in australia that would be absolutely amazing but there's plenty of insights and uh, actions that you can take to uh, get you started investing if you haven't or to really help you take that next step so um, that would be a massive help. And also we want to just say a massive thank you to everyone who does contact us at contact at equitymates.com or takes the time to rate and review the show. Uh, we really do appreciate that as well. You know, there's a reason that all podcasters ask you to rate and review and that is because it really helps us on the charts and to get this show as big as possible for for you guys and to help us make better content. So if you can... Leave us a, a review, uh, ideally five stars, and, uh, and give us some, a reason as to why that would be much appreciated. But Ren, always good to chat stocks, and uh, we'll pick it up next week.
4: Sounds good.
1: Get Started Investing is a product of Equity Bates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.